It's beautiful day to have beautiful day. GM, GM, on this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs, with Faroko, Seth, and Mando. Got the Alpha on Web3, and it's right on Rock Radio, Rock Radio. It's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. <laughs> GM, GM, Rock Radio. September 29th, 2022. Look at that. Another beautiful day to have. A beautiful day. The sun is shining in the metaverse. Whatever metaverse we're in. And uh, yeah, it's already Thursday. Holy. Wow. 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 I was, every time I read the dates, I'm like, okay, I forget it sometimes. You know, I have my calendar open in front of me. Always. That's a cheat code, by the way. Alpha. Um, and, uh, and, uh. And yeah, Thursday already. Wow. Mando, Ovi, Golden, good morning. GM, guys. How you all doing? GM. GM, everyone. GM. I'm all right. I'm all right. We're getting there. You know what? One, one step at a time. One day at a time. You know? A lot of action in the, in the, in the, in the GM NFTs chat. Holy shit. You guys talked a lot this morning, catching up. Oh, yeah. Super down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So, <laughs> what's up, Mando? Is Mando- up, man? There How you are. How was the pasta yesterday? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm cooking again today. It's just, it's just been... <laughs> I, I am living not well. <laughs> Oh my God! Is wifey listening to the show? Is she hearing your 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 misery right now? I severely doubt it. I severely doubt okay, it. Okay, we're gonna. I'm just, I'm just by myself. I'm gonna send her. I'm gonna do a little screen recording after, uh, and I'm gonna send her like this little like snippet, like ten seconds of you saying, "I'm not well." <laughs> we need to. We need to start the the wallet for his Go Feed Me already. <laughs> But the thing is, the problem is not the wallet and the money. The problem is he doesn't know how to make it happen. It's the execution. <laughs> yeah, I'm like full caveman at this stage. <laughs> do you make your bed in the morning? Or is it like, even that's a mess? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Life has just gone downhill in many ways. You just realize that the... Yeah, you just, you're just not... You're not built for this anymore. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, we are so numb to this shit, bro. I, the other day, yesterday, kind of like you, bro. So Vanessa left for the day. She had a lot of stuff to do and, and take care of a few things. And she left early, right? Like before the show and whatnot. And then like, first of all, like halfway through the show, just so you guys know, I was like 
dying, bro. My stomach. I was like, I felt like someone stabbing my stomach. And I realized that on the antibiotics I've been thinking because of my mouth, it says that I'm supposed to eat. So I forgot to eat. And I took those. And I was like, I felt like someone was just like punching me in the stomach the whole show. And I still pulled through because that's what we do over here. But then, you know, a few hours later, I realized... I go, after the show, I'm okay, let me go eat something. I'm like, oh, shit, what am I supposed to do over here? I call Vanessa. I'm like, babe, is there, like, is there something I'm supposed to? I'm like, she's like, nah, you're on your own. And I'm like, oh, damn. So I resorted to what was easy. I went downstairs, and I bought a sandwich. Uh, but <laughs> god damn, I swear to God, we're hopeless, man. We're hopeless without him. Shout out to, shout out to the wifeies. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> wait, wait. Is, Man, is, is Mando hurting because he made himself bad pasta? Mando's hurting because he's alone in Portugal. And <laughs> I just don't have much, I don't have much finesse to my cooking. Let's put it that way. So it's like, you just get really basic. It's like, Bro, how did you fuck up pasta? Not, not the, the sauce comes in a jar, Mando. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he sent us a picture. He didn't fuck it up. It just looked very mediocre. You know? Yeah, he did send us a picture. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Oh, my God. Mando, let me see this pasta. I, I'll, I'll text it to you. Uh, it's in the Gem I, NFT's I, I production group today. chat. I just, ate, I just ate a packet of carrots. I bought a packet of carrots. <laughs> That's been my lunch. <laughs> this is so funny Sobi I sent you a picture of, of, of Mando's pasta uh, anyways, Oh my god this is so funny Wow this is going to be great Wow this looks month, horrible This whole coming month uh, Mando's going to be solo so it's Or next couple of weeks right So we're going to see the developments of, of Mando uh, Growing from a caveman to a man uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's going to be great to see. But I might not your co-host invite. Uh, it's so funny. Oh, my God. Anyways, <laughs> good to see Sobi up this morning. you love to see it. Um, uh, Sobi's got Sobi's, – I think Sobi's getting, like, a, a, a cool guest ready for, for a show in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're not going to break – we're not going to say yet, Sobi, right? Uh, and, uh, and uh, but, yeah. Sobi, how are you feeling after yesterday? What happened yesterday? What happened to your dog, bro? Oh, yeah, dude. My dog got shaved yesterday. He was like a little rat. <laughs> I feel so bad, dude. I literally was like, oh, my God, you're so ugly. I, I was like, don't understand why they did that. They So they the, the, the vet or whatever assumed Sobi could not afford like a detangling, and they shaved his dog. They, they saw the price of ETH, and they're like, this guy, this guy's better off. But I, this is the first time going to this vet, and apparently like, I looked it up online. And apparently, like... So I have a I have a golden doodle, and these dogs are high maintenance. But apparently, like most most dog owners of this breed are like assholes, um, and like breeders apparently are like traumatized because people like you'll you'll bring in a dog and it's like it'll be like matted, and then they'll detangle it and they'll spend like hella hours on it, and then people will just like blow up on them. So I guess it's actually my fault because I didn't read there they sent me all this paperwork i was like why the fuck do i gotta do all this fucking paperwork for my dog to get a haircut so i just signed this shit and a part of it was like oh hey like if uh like if your dog is matted like you need to let us know that you're okay with like more expensive treatment or some shit and so it's my fault but that's fine he'll his hair will grow back yeah hair always grows back uh let me tell you about that um it's uh it definitely grows back pretty fast anyways today on the show um Macro and NFT daily summary. I only wrote macro plus NFT in the titles today. Oh, well. <laughs> I must have copy-pasted directly without looking. Um, and then uh, QQL raises 
Uh, sells sells seventeen million dollars worth of art yesterday. Impressive. I think the floor is like twenty eighth right now. So wow. Kudos to Tyler Hobbs. We had him on the show. A think a week ago so if you want to go listen back great show actually it was a lot of fun and they blocked x2y2 so that's interesting uh was 3.3 thousand ETH too low for the eight punk so yesterday danny 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 a seed phrase sold his uh crypto punk ape for 3.3 thousand ETH, which is about four and a half million dollars which is said to be one of the best punks in the entire collection uh it was pretty wild in the group chat prior to that oh man that was fun to see i'm not gonna lie it was like it was like stressful, and we don't even own that thing. But it, I was like sweating. Uh, and then um, has the NFT market bottom? I gotta say, I love following Mando, and everybody should follow Mando. It's a strong follow because he is the bull of all bulls. He is the the chad of bulls, the king of bulls, the leader of the bulls, and I love that uh, because he gives me hope. Every time I'm feeling down, I call him. He'll always give me hope about the market. And then <laughs> and then talking with Metaverse Miami. Hell yeah, we got Kenobi on stage and those co-founders going to come. And while we're sponsoring it, uh, as you may have heard or may not, but Rugido is sponsoring Metaverse Miami November 20th to 30th, right before Art Basel. It's going to be absolutely lit. some incredible speakers going there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of freaking fun. But we'll get to that uh, towards the end of the show. And uh, it's going to be a great chat as well uh, over there. And I think we're giving away a Genesis Pass. So let me know. Um, Kenobi, hit me on the text. Let me know what to, what to tweet out. And we're going we're gonna to give that away during the space to one lucky listener. So it's going uh, to be hella fun. Anyways, I know what, you, what you're all waiting for. We all want to hear about this market. Let's get it. What is it ever? Daily Market Report. Here we go. Brought to you by Rug Radio. Hey, GM guys. Um, <laughs> you guys like that, G? <laughs> hey. Well, Seven months of us doing the show on a daily basis, and you're still awkward as Every single day. <laughs> the, the, re- the reason the reason why I was like that was because like I checked the markets maybe like half an hour ago and then I just had a quick look now before doing this and I was like fucking hell things don't look great. Um, but it looks like um, stocks are getting absolutely destroyed. S and P five hundred is down two point five percent. Nasdaq is down three point three percent. These are all these are at year to date lows now I think or like maybe a little bit through them so. It's kind of like price discovery to the downside a little bit here. Um, so I think stocks are really looking like not great right now. Interest rates had a huge rally yesterday after the Bank of England um, announced it was going to buy back long-end gilts. Um, it looks like we've now sold off again. So yields are now, they're not, they're still some way off the highs, but um, US Treasuries have sold off by like 8 to 10 basis points across the curve. So that's not great. Um and in crypto, we were like almost at 20k and 1400. Then we've sold back off to like 19k and 1300 and on Bitcoin and ETH. But like, man, I'm just surprised at how little crypto has been moving this week. Like, a lot of bad shit has has got, has happened macro-wise. Stocks are getting destroyed. Interest rates getting destroyed. Um, it's like really not great in traditional markets. And crypto just it just doesn't move. Like it's just been. It's been in this like really tight range now for a few days, and I'm I don't know I'm just very surprised at how well it's held up. Um, and I know we always talk about like yeah, crypto should decouple from stocks and like should lose correlation all this stuff, and it's like fine, like yeah, I get that and it makes sense, but you you never really like 
I've always said that with quite low confidence of it actually happening. So it is quite mental to see like it's happening. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like traditional markets just getting absolutely smoked and um, crypto's holding in there, kind of surprised. I'm done talking. <laughs> Dude, I still wish you ended your wedding speech on that, bro. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> when wedding photos, Ovi? Damn. Uh, I don't know. Good question. When, when are we getting the wedding photos? Was that to we me? You to yell at your wife. I mean, oh, that was, that was, that you that was my wife. Well, we're waiting because, you know, you know, we were, I brought up my best suit for you, bro. Come on, man. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get him soon. Mando, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this uh, market as a whole? Obviously, as Ovi was talking, we got that little green candle, the usual. But what, what do you think? The goal is you come on the show. You long eat and you sh- and you 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 close that long like as soon as Ovi says I'm done talking. Uh, but Mando, go ahead. Yeah, like bonds and uh, and currencies have been getting absolutely hammered for the last week, and then you saw that that rally in in interest rates yesterday, and it feels as though as this is one of those ones where people are rotating out out of um, stocks back into bonds at these levels. So you've seen. Um, You've seen stocks get absolutely hammered now. I, I think stocks could go a lot lower here. Like, I think they could go a lot, lot lower here now. Um, but crypto is looking like every single day when stocks get hammered, like it reacts to it while during trading hours. And then it kind of returns to this like anchor level around 1300. And it's outperforming massively now. Um, so that could be like people, as we said, like everyone always claims when we're going to get decoupling, when we're going to get decoupling. Is this this could be the start of it? This could just be a little blip, but it's definitely good to see decoupling right now. Um, and I would wager that that this could continue for a little for a little while. Like um, it feels as though crypto is, is starting to feel like it's trading on its own plane slightly, which is which is very very good. Um, you also seen ETH. ETH is still underperforming, but not as underperforming as much as it was. I think there was a lot of um, selling post merge. And although it's like underperforming Bitcoin, um, I still think it's doing it's 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 back to like trading at least within a um, you know standard deviation of where it should be. So I think it's I think it's in a decent spot. What do you guys think about central bank failure, which is pretty horrible for everyone else? But I saw a study from like Mazar yesterday that saw that um, like in England, for, for I think this is like the first this like this category or this uh, confidence wasn't there in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. But like a lot of people are looking at um, BTC now, and I think it's like really interesting to see, um, like, dude, the Bank of England like li- like literally almost fucking collapsed yesterday. Like, I don't know, I don't even know what yeah. a fucking guilt is, but like some crazy shit happened with like some pension funds and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So, so what happened yesterday is uh, as UK interest rates approach four and a half percent, there are a bunch of uh, pension companies in the UK which buy our UK government bonds. So. Um, and they're called gilts. Now, as they moved against them, and also the currency moved against them, because the, the pound was getting smoked as well, a lot of these companies um, ran out of liquidity. Now, there was there was talk that if that had gone, because it was gapping so much, if it had gone to 7 or 8% that day, it would have been something like 95% of all the pension companies in the UK 
would have been would have faced a liquidity crisis and could have potentially been insolvent. So the the Bank of England had to step in because it was getting out of control. Like uh, rates rates I think had moved fifty bips. I know you hate when I use the word bips, but they've moved fifty bips that day, and it, it looked like it was spiraling because a lot of companies um, were have getting uh, capital calls to get liquidity in. Um, so they had to step in. But now you're in this like crazy scenario where central banks are printing money to bail out pension companies in the UK. Like if you would take a step back and you were to say, like, why are we involved in crypto? Why what have been the long term goals of crypto? I wouldn't think I couldn't think of a better um, a better situation for which crypto to prove why uh, current monetary systems are are in, in, a, in a massive problem. Um, so the fact that the UK did that big 180 and maybe you start to see some softer tone from um, from other central banks, it seems like the Fed is still split. There are some more dovish members of the, of the Fed who are, are coming out and saying we're moving too quickly, but there are some today who said we need to continue continue hiking. But yeah, like there's a lot of, lot of people who are get who could look at this and be like, this is why we need Bitcoin. This is why we need a deflationary currency, potentially like uh, Ethereum, if, if you know gas goes higher. So this is, this is the prime theoretical scenario with which you would, you would claim that people would see value in things like Bitcoin and, and uh, Ethereum. Yeah, on the, on the Fed side, I think, like to be completely honest, and this, and this is my copium that I, I drink too, like, oh, the Fed will pivot. But like, I don't see that happening like at all if anything until after like the midterm elections because i think just uh, a random commentary but i think a lot of people on like ct do this thing where they think that like because we're so used to psyops in our own little bubble they think like the fed is psyoping people and they're like clearly going like no like asset prices are way too high we want to see asset price prices at pre-covid levels and i think after this uh like I, I guess their new emphasis is on like unemployment, but fucking Jay Powell's gonna see this goddamn eight punk sell for fucking four and a half million dollars, and he'd be like, "What the fuck?" Like consumers are wilding out too much, and he's gonna crash our economy. Yeah, look, I think I agree with you that I think that they they will inflation tends to be stickier, so I, I do think they'll probably continue for longer. They also they're in a unique position where they kind of can. Whereas, like, they're not facing what the UK just faced, where, the, like, they had to step in because the pensions could all go, um, like, become insolvent. And they're not in Europe, where anything above, like, 4% would just cause a massive um, currency crisis and probably cause a lo load of companies to leave the euro. The Fed can do this. This All this is meaning is, is stronger dollar power in the, global, um, in the global economy, which is not a bad thing. In the U.S., like the fact that the U.S. currency is, is up 25% versus the basketball other currencies, that that is not bad for people living in the U.S. So, in some ways, like he can, they can continue to do this. It's not, yeah, it's not great for like a cost of living for people, but in terms of political power and world power, I don't see this as a bad thing for the U.S. From, from my understanding, it's it's actually like a horrible thing for everyone else in the world, oh, and we horrible, live in like yeah. a global economy. So they like, I think this. I was talking to Sisyphus about this. Apparently, like in the '60s or '70s or something, there was something like this as well, where the dollar was really strong, and it was about to like fuck everyone up, and they just devalued the dollar. I don't know. It's like a tricky predicament, where like I think a lot of people have outstanding tri like forex uh, deficits against the dollar now, because no one was like, expecting like this to happen, and uh, yeah. I don't know. So it'd be interesting to see what what 
what do we do? Like, do we decide, hey, fuck our allies and all these trade deficits that people have to deal with? Or, like, is there a tough decision there with, like, a global economy and we just decide, hey, like, there's nation states that we deal with that are large food producers that we need to figure out a way to ease the pain for them. Do we pick and choose or, what? like, what do we do? It's just, this is a, I'm tired of shit happening, bro. Can the world just calm the fuck down? Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you look at this in terms of deficits as so like the current account deficit um and the trade balance is like uh you know m- massively means that the the world is kind of short do- short dollars um but the, the main things that this, this this can really cause pain in is that like a lot of a lot of the rest of the world in the global financial um markets they they borrow in dollars so like a lot of emerging market debt a lot of just world debt is priced in dollars because that's normally where the most liquid markets are for people who would buy that debt. So a lot of people's debt around the world has gone up a lot. And also from about the 1970s, um, you had the concept of petrodollars. So like most most commodities, pretty much every commodity in the whole world is also priced in dollars. So oil, corn, like a- a- anything, but but particularly energy. Um, and that was seen as a big move for like dollar power. The fact that so many of these, uh, you know, global commodities are priced in dollars. So I mean, I said this on the show the other day. Like, if you're if you're using any of these raw materials and you're based in the UK right now, for example, you've gotten hurt on the currency and you've got hurt on the fact that these commodities are also priced in dollars. Um, so it's it is a bad scenario for a lot of people. And and you know, the the there's been a, a significant move away from globalization i think in the last five to ten years which means that perhaps the uk has sorry the us has cared less about the impact on the world economy and there was some you know some talk about the fact that you know it's more self-sufficient and and um it shouldn't have to worry about other people but there comes a state a point where if the, the rest of the g5 major economies in the world are all facing massive issues like japan's in an absolute basket case the whole of the european union is uk is now falling apart like these are the main trading partners uh some of, or some of the main trading partners of, of the u.s like they a world recession where the the u.s comes out top at some stage they'll be like you know we don't we, we want this kind of recession to stop well talk about a breakdown is there name a better show and this one with OSF and Mando for a market breakdown. Ovi, were you going to add something? I think um, the only thing I'm going to add is I think the US is in like, obviously it's in a materially better position. But I also think stuff in the US is going to get better. Like, like inflation is going to come down for the third month in a row, I think. The headline number at least because oil has been a lot lower. I think housing, like housing data is actually getting a bit, a bit worse. I think House prices may come down as well. Like, I don't know. I kind of, I just see like some lights at the end of the tunnel for the US um, over a time frame that's not like too crazy. Like, maybe it's like 12 or 18 months, but um, I just don't see it in Europe. Like, Europe is just so fucked. I think that's the problem. Like, um, it, it becomes, if all of Europe is fucked, it makes it, it turns it into a global problem. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I actually think like, in terms of U.S. data and what happens next there, I kind of think risks are skewed back towards the upside now because I think you just you just need to have like one piece of data that shows a slowdown or just shows like maybe the Fed has to, to think twice. And if you look at the Fed in the past, over the past like 10, 15, 20 years, 
um, and you look at the reasons why they've pivoted or like backtracked or pulled back what they're saying or doing, it's always been data driven or data dependent. And um, eventually, like these high interest rates and stuff like that, they're going to start having an impact on on data. So um, we just, I think you're just like one or two data points away um, from that uh, from them maybe communicate something different or maybe like markets expecting they could communicate something different sooner than people are expecting and the other thing is like everyone's like oh like it's going to take years and years and years for inflation to get back to two percent and it, it may well do but like you don't necessarily need to have it's not like the fed's going to keep like hiking until inflation gets to two percent and it's going to take 10 years to do that like i don't think that's the case like you can have a scenario where inflation is maybe something like like four or five percent or maybe even six percent where it's like kind of like a more manageable level it's still not great but um the trajectory is that it's going lower and the fed can start communicating other things and i think that's a scenario that could happen um like in 12 months time i think it's a scenario that could happen and then you could then remember like markets are always, always pricing in future expectations so when the data starts showing a trend then people start expecting the fed to communicate based on that trend and um they may communicate policy ahead of time and that's when markets start rallying even though they haven't actually technically started lowering interest rates and stuff like that yeah because i like, remember we started selling off when people were expecting the hikes and we've seen the hikes in the last few months but we sold off a few months ago so um i think that's just the like how i'm thinking about it where i think we might just have like a just like a bit more of like a, a bullish angle on it i think yeah dude some some giga chads i know like a year ago we're basically like oh they were like talking they're like oh we ran the numbers and i think they're like i think Sisyphus also tweeted about this he was like yeah the the place in the world that's going to see like the least loss of quality of life is going to be the united states which i think <clears throat> it was kind of crazy to think about at that time but i guess as like i'm as like a zoomer i think we don't understand like how important like energy independence and all this shit is um, but I also, from like the risk perspective of like when when do we hit that inflection point? I just think it's going to be interesting to see like, do we just have like a crap market for two years while the risk free rate is super high and people are just all like slowly dipping their toes back in the water for risk because there's so much like global turmoil going on? Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that yeah, there's a we'll there's a there's a prominent um, Stanley Druckenmiller. Jocker Miller, who's like a runs kind of a family office now, but is like one of the most well-known traders in the world, came out yesterday and said he thinks that stocks basically will be flat over the next ten years, which is a massive call given the S and P generally makes about seven to ten percent every single year on average. So um, you could be in that environment. And and to be clear, like people say, buy stocks because um, you know you should always put money into stocks. They go higher. That's really just been a U.S. phenomenon. If you've bought the FTSE or you've bought stocks in Europe or in Japan for much of the last two decades, your your returns are, are not high. Like very, very in some over some time frames, they're, they're kind of lower. Like so, it's um it's been a U.S. phenomenon the concept of buying stocks. So you could you could be in a scenario here, you know, where stocks don't actually do that incredibly well with this higher risk-free rate and what that means for crypto remains to be seen like you could have a high inflation low growth environment which still is very strong for crypto and some of the beliefs that we just said around bitcoin and ethereum being a better monetary system yeah i was gonna say that um like japan still not has reached 
has still not reached its all-time highs from the early 90s. Like, they've been flat crab walking for 20, 30 years now. Like, this assumption that the market just has to keep going up is a very U.S.-centric assumption. We'll see what happens there. Um, so thank you for this rundown. That was actually pretty good. Uh, not going to lie. Y'all tag teams on that one was great. Um, as I was tweeting jam back to everybody. Um, with that, <laughs> on the NFT side of things, Mando. I think he's rugged. Rugged. Oh, I yeah. you're rugged. Like, you just wanted me to come in after to say my name? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I... What, no, no jingle? You normally do a jingle, so like. Oh wait, hold on, <laughs> no hold, on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm. It's so been a couple of days. Your favorite oh my god! Too. Wow, I'm not on my A game today. I'm not on my A game. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? What a day for NFTs! Biggest day in a while. Um, <laughs> You had the uh, Tyler Hobbs drop, which dropped 70 million in primary. That's got to be one of the top um, 20 or 30 primary sales. Definitely the biggest one, I think, since we had other side sale, which was, you know, 300 million. But um, definitely one of the biggest in recent memory. Uh, that was a Dutch auction, which printed out at 14 ETH and is now sitting sitting pretty around 20 ETH. Congrats to everyone who got a piece there. I think it's around a thousand piece collection. Um, I think it's still pre-revealed, so or at least it's just the mint pass. It's it's um, it's just the mint pass. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's good. pass for now. Yeah, so it's 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 still going to come out. But we obviously had him on the show last week. Um, very inspiring person to have on the show, and I was impressed with what, like what he was building. So, uh, given the Fidenza floor is like a hundred ETH, you kind of get why why this why this printed where it did. Uh, and then you had uh, Seed Phrase selling his uh, hoodie eight punk for. 3,300 ETH, that was the fourth highest um, CryptoPunk sale, at least in ETH, uh, the highest uh, Ape sale. That, in my eyes, is, is one of the top five best, maybe even the best looking punk, I think, um, given if you just put it purely on aesthetics. So I think we can debate whether that was a good deal or, or, or a bad deal later, but I do think that was, um, that was a very cool sale. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the data, it, it does feel like at least over the second half of September, it looked like the, the data was really bad, end of August, start of September, but it's picked up slightly. And part of that, I think, is just uh, the ape staking and the idea that that will be, a, again, a big airdrop to the to the market, probably a few hundred million or, or maybe like a billion worth of airdrop coming back into the uh, into the NFT market. But there just feels stronger across generative art and a, a number of different uh, other things. So it's been um, it's been a decent few days. The CryptoPunk floor, I think, is slightly higher off the back of that, just shy of 70 now. But um, a little bit disappointed that that didn't like fully pump because normally if you saw a sale like that last year, you would have seen, you know, uh, CryptoPunks absolutely rip, but they haven't really done much. And then you had a um, another successful launch in 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 Hope, which is like a P2E backed by um, by A16Z, which I think you got involved in at least for a great. Did you buy one last night? You were hovering around that. I that wanted way. to. I was looking at it, and I was like, "Why don't we just play the the GameFi backed by you know uh, A16Z Meta?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that one's that's been a successful launch. Um, that was about a, I think just shy of six k collection, but that's a 0.4 floor, um, which has done decently well. So 
I don't want to. Yeah, it just feels it feels a bit stronger, at least over the last uh, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, this is same old, right? Same as we cannot talk about every day, you know. It's uh, but it's pretty wild to see that QQL like minted out. I mean, I, I understand why minted out fifteen. That 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 makes total sense. Fourteen, uh, sir. Given what? Fourteen, sir. Fourteen? Oh, I thought it was fifteen. Okay, fourteen ETH. Uh, you got some, right, Blue? I think you yeah, did. Yeah, I, I minted a couple, and I, you know, I was expecting. Okay, this will probably dump after reveal. I just don't want to have to deal with it. First time in like a few weeks, at least, I've minted anything, probably months. And I was expecting it to be like a total, like, okay, there's going to be no volume. This is way too many pieces, way too much of an entry price. Like I predicted, dipped a little bit, went down to like 12, and then it just flew. I mean, it's at 20 now. Shocked. Yeah, it's it's wild. I, I didn't expect, I thought, you know, when last time was at 18, I was like, well, you know, it's, it's around where it should be, you know, 15 to 18. Like, I, I get it. I understand. You have incomplete control, by the way. That was also a, um, a Tyler Hobbs project, uh, which is at 110 ETH. Finance at 96. So this at 20 makes sense, uh, given what it is. The QQL, I mean, it's really cool. Like, everyone, like, if you haven't heard our episode with Tyler Hobbs, it was really interesting. It was fun because a lot of people are creating art out of it. I'll, I'll pin that at the top because I reposted yesterday the link to Spotify. But if you go on Spotify or Apple and you just search uh, GM NFTs, Rug Radio, you'll, you'll find it there. Uh, and... Um, and so there is a, it's a, it's pretty interesting um, to see here. Let me, there you go. Let me pin it at the top. There it is. And so for, if you want to go listen back, but it's, it's wild. The volume there is crazy, but look, the art is really cool and, and, and we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I mean, same old, right? Ranga's still moving. I mean, Ranga's strong. It's what, 105 sales. Is that what it says? That's crazy. In the last 24 hours. That's a lot of units sold. It's, it's actually crazy. Me Last thing I want to say about QQL, just a couple interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so if you mint a piece, if you create a piece with your mint pass, uh, royalties on the collection are 7%. Two of that goes to you in perpetuity from that piece sold. So five goes to Tyler Hobbs, 2% goes to the creator of the piece because like you're having a hand in making the art. So whenever that piece resells. So if you create the Grail QQ, uh, QQL, and it resales multiple times over the course of its life for, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. You get 2% of that down the line. Um, the other interesting thing. That's that very NFT true. Space, yep. Yeah. The other interesting thing that we might want to talk about, it's like the first major collection to ban trading on X2Y2. Yeah, I mean, that's, de- that's definitely what we had going. I think we should go to it uh, now because on the NFT side, that's about it. I mean, MeBits, you see, I called it yesterday, man. I was like, come on, MeBits, grind back up to stablecoin and just some movement, 25 MeBit sales. I don't know who heard what, but <laughs> it, it, there's, there's a couple of sales there. But yeah, let's talk about the QQL Mebits, stuff. Mebits are like the worst with insider trading. There's always something going on. No there's one wants to something. buy a Mebit Uh oh, who knows what? <laughs> that type of shit. <laughs> but I mean, it is a Yuga asset. It's like the cheapest one. If you don't say, count like other side because it's different to me. It's like their game they're building. But like, <laughs> it's the cheapest entry point on the Yuga Labs. Uh, ecosystem i guess right uh especially with mutants that pumped a lot recently but let's talk about let's talk about qql for a second here because it was obviously quite the conversation yesterday you even saw people make a piece with it i love how he mixed like danny's punk uh with uh, with qql which is super dope like honestly life goal in the space 
is to be immortalized in a in a in an everyday. And I don't know about you guys, but I find this so dope. Uh, but yeah, QQL. Um, basically, they blocked X two Y two trading, um, and which is, I mean, that's their call, and it's fine. I, I think it's fine. I mean, look, if there's gonna be different, if marketplaces are gonna uh, incorporate their own royalty structures and whatnot, and we've had the conversations a lot, then also I think the creators are allowed to do what they want, right? And then the market decides whether they want to buy it or not, right? So I think at the end of the day, like people have a choice. Uh, so that's really interesting. And the two percent royalty thing is extremely interesting. So Blue, do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, and and also to touch on that, like you, you know, you said it's fair that he's blocking X two I two. People were saying it's like against decentralization. It wouldn't be very decentralized to force the artists to put their art on certain platforms. Yeah, like, there you go. Everybody got to be free to do what they got to do. You know what I mean? Like you can't really like control from either side. Um, as for the royalties, yeah, it's pretty much uh, as I explained it, two percent of the piece. So it's not about the mint pass. It's when you actually turn that mint pass into a created QQL that you get 2% of the royalties. I'm not exa exactly sure how that works. It's probably through the smart contract. It's probably tied to the wallet that you mint it on. Um, and yeah, 2% for the rest of your in perpetuity. Um, I mean, there's a lot of game theory that comes into this because like, I think holding that mint pass is going to be the most valuable thing in like, you know, a couple of years from now. Interesting. That's so interesting. Hey, well, if I had an ape into Nakamoto, we'd be in a better place now uh, to get. The other thing stuff, is, but the other thing about this piece is that, like, what happens when other famous artists come on and start making QQLs with the with the like generator? So, what if it's like a Grant Yoon QQL? You know what I mean? Like, what if it's uh, you know. What if X copy makes? What if like other famous artists in the space go on the generator buy a pass or get gifted a pass? Because you know he's reserved like a hundred for collabs and gifts. I'm sure he has some crazy artists yeah, who can those too. Right, and then that generates volume for the rest of the collection because you have like this insane like Beeple QQL. Right, you see that crazy sale price, and then the rest of the collection just starts ripping. That would be actually crazy, Mando. Also, what do you guys think about that? That's, I think that's really cool. Like, I, I didn't, I hadn't thought about any of this stuff, Blue. And I think it's super interesting. It's like, there's so many different angles, um, or sources of value. Like, obviously, that like rarity and all that stuff is going to be one thing. Um, the, the provenance of whoever minted it and whoever's piece it, whoever's piece it is that, that was, um, that was created. So, whether it's like a famous artist, whether maybe it's like, some, like i don't know someone well known in the space or someone that's well liked i think that could be interesting too and am i, am I right in thinking like the rarity we won't know the final rarities until the end and until everything is minted so is if that's the case then is there value in just like not minting something and waiting until the end so you can like pick the rarest thing by default and the other question i had is like i'm wondering is if if that is the case then who gets the royalties on something that like on a mint pass? I guess you don't get. It. I guess the mint passes the royalties will go to the um, the team, right? Um, when you use the mint pass, it probably turns into another NFT. But yeah, those mint passes could be like really, really valuable as they start getting minted. This is gonna be so interesting. I mean, the rarity to me, like I think the answer is an, is a yes because like you'll have to wait to see how what everything mints out and what everybody gets in order to see what like what's rare, what's less rare and whatnot. 
And I'm assuming the same, but your answer is also yes for the mid pass. We're going to have to wait till the end to see what's good, which makes it interesting, which 5511 was saying, the game theory on that. This is like really cool. Like, I already love the art. We were generating, I've generated hundreds of them. Sometimes I just put on X100, just look at him, go while I'm doing something and think it's really fun. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Mando, what are your thoughts on, on all of this? Look, I, I think I think what we just said it might be the best investment play. That I think um, that that could be the mint pass. I, I thought the platform was really interesting. Like it's um, I don't know if this ends up being some form of like I wouldn't say a competitor to art blocks, but it definitely seems to be progressing the generative art space. And I think it's a it's a very interesting platform with which you can build maybe other projects uh, on going forward. So I think he's onto something. I said at the time I made parallels to the concept of like you've seen uh, things like this in AI art now become ways in which just a regular user can interact with with this as a medium. I think can go a long way into uh, making the, uh, the the art form uh, become more well known and become you know more loved by more people. So I think this is in some ways if this pla- if this platform itself uh, onboards tons and tons of different people into just looking at generative art and playing around with it i think that's just a massive win for the broader space so i think it's a great drop on, on many fronts they also when we had taylor hobbs on i mean he was like we might not see we plan to not see the last mint until like after we die or something you know i doubt we'll see the the full entire collection anytime soon that makes sense yeah there's there's yeah. going to be a bunch of people just going to hold on to it blue what are you going to do I completely agree with what Golden said because, like, if you think about my case, like, who am I to contribute to a Tyler Hobbs collection artistically? Some of the people that have been working on these QQL, um, like, uh, the testnet, I guess, they've made 50,000 versions of it to, like, submit one to a a competition. You know, there's going to be people that are working years on crazy QQLs. I'm not going to just fire one off into the void of, like, the first cool-looking one I see. So I'm, you know, like most people, I'm probably just going to keep the passes. And I would expect that only like, you know, maybe 100 are actually minted anytime soon. I just put at the top a QQL. Um, I mean, the X2Y2 response to QQL. They said, congrats to QQL for selling 900 NFTs at 14 ETH, raising a total of 20,000. It's truly phenomenal in this bearish market. As many... Um, of you may have known, QQL has blocked its users from using the X2Y2 marketplace. We'd like to share some of our thoughts here. Yadi, yadi, yada. Um, so now they're saying about how creators can set up their own royalties and how they have a flexible royalty structure um, and how 98.11% of the sales happen on X2Y2 have paid royalties so far. Um, it says code is law and QQL has made its own law. <laughs> oh, that's from five minutes ago. This is fresh off the press. Look at that. Code is law. And QQL has made its own law. When someone else can decide where you can transfer your NFT, you are not the real owners anymore. Sounds familiar? Yes, this is exactly what happens in the music industry. You don't own the MP3s lying on your hard drive. But what are they saying? Like when someone else said where you can transfer your NFT, your NFT, like whether it's on this on a marketplace or another, you own it. Like I'm sorry, but like them taking a righteous righteous move here. What like, are they saying? I just, I just, it's like, uh, just shut up. Like, th- they know what they're doing. They did, they did this so they can bring in a bunch of degenerate people I'm to so make, cute. to do trades and, 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 um, like try and undercut the other, the other marketplaces. And, like, if they're going to play that game, 
creators are well within their rights to play whatever game they like. I'm so confused right now. And the, the closing statement is, the centralization is about giving every participant the option to choose. We are working on this model with some of the brightest minds in the industry and we'll send out further details once we are ready. Stay tuned. But I'm really confused about how people, first of all, I hate how people just like use and abuse the decentralization word. Like this decentralization does not equal to anarchy. That's something I think like the space needs to fucking understand like once and for all. And I like what's 50, was it 5011 that said that? It was like, if you're going to give people the option to have 0% royalty, then isn't it fair for an artist to not give the option to trade on that platform? It's just one platform. It doesn't mean you don't own the NFT. I I'm very confused about this tweet. So when it says like the before last, it goes, no, sorry, but the, the before before last, it goes, code is law and QQL has made its own law. When someone else can decide where you can transfer your NFT, you are not the real owners. That's the stupidest line Wait, in the whole what? thread. Because think about the implication. Imagine there were 50 marketplaces and some of them like had, you know, maybe they were aligned with causes that you didn't support. They were politically aligned or something. This implies that as a creator, you're forced to put your NFT on every single platform there is or else it's not decentralized. Like that's kind of a that's a really smooth brain implication. I'm sorry, but like, are you are you kidding me? They're just mad that they got banned, and now that's yeah. it's just like a clap black clap back. Like not not in good taste, in my opinion. I don't know. It's we and also like I, it's weird. Like it was also just like how yesterday the other day it was like two Solana marketplaces fighting on Twitter Spaces. Which I thought was super childish and dumb. Like you want mass adoption, but the marketplaces are fighting. It's like wait, even, I missed that. What happened? That was funny, but like. It's just like, but like, why would a marketplace? I don't know. Interesting. Sorry, I know it's this because this is just breaking news, y'all. It's like eight minutes ago, so I'm just we're all just like uh, reading this through. Mando, I know you, I saw you on mute. No, I think what everyone just said was right. Like, it's not that I don't like they shouldn't be the ones saying these sort of principles. Like, I think they did what they did was a business move, um, and then to like basically push the market towards lower and lower fees it's not just lower fees there's no royalties and then create that sort of turmoil uh, for a lot of different creatives and we even we had we had this debate on the show and we said look this shouldn't be the case for art for you know art first based projects um it can potentially you can see there like a eroding of it for 10k projects potentially i didn't agree with that either but um there were some arguments around that but the the idea that that they would then come out and basically act all righteous about this. I just don't think it's right. I had to respond. I couldn't resist the itch. I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, but, <laughs> whoa, my Twitter just completely changed as well while I was on with you guys. Uh, everything just changed for me. Uh, like my, uh, that whatever, however my Twitter looks. And I just clicked a button. I don't know how to leave it. Okay, cool. So, if okay. So everybody shared their thoughts here. X2Y2 came in. QQL, sorry, I was so out of pocket with this. Uh, it's so weird to me. It's really weird that that someone comes out uh, like that. Um, anyways, so and I just hate when people just use decentralization for anything. Um, so that was it on QQL. Uh, here's the lowdown. It seems like we're gonna have quite uh, a great another day. Never a dull day, like you were saying, Mando. Yesterday, never a dull day in the NFT space. Uh, it seems like we had there. The topic of the day is gonna be about this. And a couple weeks ago. When PseudoSwap was implemented, uh, there was a whole conversation about PseudoSwap and the royalties and the X to Y2 said tipping and whatnot. There was a whole conversation about that again. And now we're going to have this one. And, you know, it's funny because we actually on this spaces, 
it's not like we defended the marketplaces, but we didn't like bash either. We were all like agreeing with people, which who I think made the best point. By the way, Golden, I think you should totally go ahead and post like create a royalty like answer from people because I keep like uh, referring to it. But like it's it's like people was like, listen, like the market's the market. This is gonna happen. And it's about how the relationship you build with your with with your with your creators, uh, with your collectors and whatnot. But at the same time, like if someone decides that they want to like not have that on the marketplace, I, I just it's I guess we're gonna have to respect the artists. I mean, it's their choice. Like maybe they're missing out on volume by doing that. But guess what? Like that'll be his fault. You know what I mean? Like it's Tyler Hobbs's choice if he wants to miss out on the X two Y two volume. Like I, in a way, like if X two Y two thinks that they're responsible for so much volume, then they should um they should they should see like that like oh well too bad for you tyler hobbs for missing out on that anyways so that's that um and so i see uh i think it's blur right blur 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 behind the yeah (laughs) i saw you raise your hand around around yeah no straight up burr (laughs) burr what's up good morning tm how are you doing today we're great yeah no i just popped in i I saw that you. I saw Robert. I'm not usually up this early, but I saw Robert. was up and kicking. I saw uh, the storytelling tweet, so I just hopped in. See how y'all were doing. Oh, we're great. Yeah, we're not talking about storytelling today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm. It's it's very early for me. No coffee. Just hopped in. Same with up. <laughs> I love that. No, I'm the same. Uh, I, I haven't drinking much coffee these days. Storytelling telling NFTs are definitely on the move. Uh, I don't know what this new. It's a lot of gaming storytelling slash like all that stuff. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's actually pretty interesting to see how the market is replying to all of those. Uh, but anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm like still distraught by like, the by X two Y two coming coming out of nowhere. Oh no no, didn't want to distract you guys from anything. I just was like hop, hopped in. I uh, just wanted to vibe with you guys. Hell yeah! Well, you're welcome to vibe anytime. Uh, and so <laughs> and so on the Mando on the on the title side, uh, I see you talk about the 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 ape as well. Uh, so I'm gonna go around the room and ask people: Do you guys think that was a good sale, or do you guys think? Uh, there was more room to run here. I don't know. I, I you were think, like hesitant. You were like. I think I think it could have gone up for could have gone for a lot more. I, I I did get the feeling. Maybe some. Maybe what do you think, OSF? I I really 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 think like that is I don't know. It's, it's definitely a top five punk. It's probably a top three punk. I would say, and also like. I don't really love the aliens. Like I don't, I know they're the rarest ones, but I don't love the way they look. Like the apes look really sick, and hoodies definitely the best trait. So like an ape in the hoodie, and it's the only one where that exists. I think like in terms of aesthetics, it's just like one of the best ones. I still think like Danny's main punk um, seven trait is like the most aesthetic one. I think that just looks really sick. But yeah, this is a very cool one. And if you look at like the previous sales and stuff, I'm just like, yeah, maybe someone would have paid up more for this. But like to be honest, like like is in this environment in this market environment to sell something like that for almost five million dollars it's it's huge it's a lot and i don't know if you i don't know if he could have got more for it in this environment i think he could have got more for it in a different environment but then you know he's got to look at it and be like okay um you know what's my return like on this and can i put it in this redeploy this capital into other stuff um or do i want to take the money out in um in dollars or like whatever it may be like there's all these other thought processes that go to it and you know like he still has a fucking sick punk collection right so i think it's not a bad thing to take a print and maybe this is just the one where you could get like a a a decent sized ticket on in this market um but yeah i don't think it would have gone for much higher in this market but in a different market absolutely 
it's it's interesting. Yeah, go ahead, Blue. You have to realize he converts to pounds, so it's basically like twenty million pounds. <laughs> Very true. But uh, OSF, I think it's the number one punk. Personally, my opinion, aesthetically, culturally, hoodie and the ape, I do think it's the number one punk, and it, it is. It is, you know, it is the tenth highest U.S. dollar sale punk, not close to the, you know, to the top, and yeah, the last ape sales were ten. 0.26 million when everyone was shouting at 4156 for fire sailing, quote unquote, his punk, fire sailing his punk. He called the top 10.26 million. And then uh, Stray Bits, Cowboy Ape at um, 7.7, I think, million. Yep, that's it. And so this is like, and those are objectively worse apes than this one, too. Like, obje- like a hoodie ape just objectively is more expensive than a cowboy hat or a. Of blue course, hat bro, it's fall. It's comfy season. Everyone's wearing hoodies. It's, Look at it's the red fall guys. season. It's, it's comfy fall season. season. I've been wearing my rug radio hoodie all day, every day. As a matter of fact, I think I should start making a little more of those. But it's, uh, it's. I agree with you. Um, when it comes to like the, 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 um, the price points. But when you think about it, given you're bullish on ETH, and if you think that ETH is gonna reach back its all-time highs, right? So if you're looking at let's say forty-five hundred ETH times 3,300, you're looking at 40, 40, 14 million dollars, right? That's given that he would keep that, blah, blah, stable, whatever it is, right? But when you think about like what you can do with 3,300 ETH at hand versus holding the hoodie ape, let's say, because like for that hoodie ape to reach like 15 million dollars again, all time high, or to reach a bigger like ETH price, it'll take like 10 years, I think. Like, if for, like of course, it's a super mega grail. It's like the grail of grails and the punks. I think I still think Seven Trade is the best punk in my eyes. I do like a couple others, like the zombie punk, zombini punk, uh, which is super dope. Which actually Danny owned at one point. It's hilarious. His punk back is back is ridiculous. Um, Jesus punk is super clean in terms of aesthetics, and there's a lot of great punks out there. And I agree, uh, the aliens look okay, um, and the apes just look fire. Um, but it's, um, I think it's a good sale. Um, you know, it's funny. He put us all in the group chat. He was like, what do I do? <laughs> and we're here like, ah, um, I mean, uh, looking at the chain, he paid 150 ETH and he got 3,300 ETH. That's yeah, fucking ridiculous. $9,000 to four and a half million dollars in a year and 10 days. <laughs> yeah. Like I would have definitely taken that. Dude, this is crazy. Like, it's actually wild um, when you think about that. It's good to see that there are buyers that still, like, see those grails and value. Like, of course, like, a lot of people replying to me when I posted, like, the NFTs aren't dead thing, blah, blah, blah. Like, we understand, like, in a bear market, there's always grails that sell. Like, there's, 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 it's always going to be that way. People who have money, bearable, they have their money. Like, they're not affected by microeconomy, this and that. Well, at least not, you know, to a certain extent. So the bear market is still very much present, everyone. And we're still hurting. The NFT volumes are dry. Like, look, that punk sale is probably like half of the, <laughs> it's, it's probably 50% of OpenSea's volume yesterday. You know what I mean? And by the way, congrats to the punk, who with that, what, with all those sales, hit a million ETH in volume overall, which is really cool to see that. I think it's, is it the first project to hit a million ETH in volume, if I'm not mistaken? I believe it is. Um, and so, and so, which is really cool to see, uh, but, you know, the, the, the upside on what you can do with 3,300 ETH uh, at hand uh, is, is, is really major. <laughs> I love the, the, the pin tweet, Mando. Give it a week and you can sweep the UK. <laughs> I can't. 
shit. This is so funny. The UK jokes are just getting better and better. Uh, it's so great. Yeah, I do think I do think it was a good sale. I don't know if anybody else on on stage has an opinion uh, on that, but um, definitely uh, definitely quite the move. Especially when you look at, I mean, if you know how to use the CryptoPunks website, CryptoPunks.app, just click on that ape, go look at the wallet it's sold from, and go look at the wallet. It's a uh, it's sickening how sick that wallet is. <laughs> he also like right away. Um, once that sold, um, Punks OTC immediately put an 800 ETH bid on his zombie. So he could have had a he could have had a double day. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen. But it was uh, it was it was a good try there uh, by Punks OTC. You love to see it. It was uh, it was extremely interesting. And so, which leads us to our next point: Has the NFT market bottomed? You know, I kind of touched on that just now. Amanda, what do you think here? Our resident bull. I mean, we're all bulls, but <laughs> what do you think about this? I think it's bottom, but I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bull market. Let's put it that way. I think it's just like a. It's been. It's a bit of a recovery, and you're starting to see like the green shoots. That this doesn't seem terrible. Like, I still think that you, you're headed for a bit of a, a rough period here for the stock market. So people, uh, and clearly, like cost of living is going to be painful. But it does feel as though this period from from may to september has finally now seen a uh, a bounce and it looks better than some of the other attempted bounces in the past yeah it's uh it's definitely like it's like i mean we host every morning right so it's usually similar it's like oh ov comes on talks about the hard market it's not that good but then it's like holding on the thread and then we talk about the nft market and how it's like similar volumes uh day after day within uh, between x2y2 and open and Looks right and whatnot, and then this, on the Solana side as well, it seems to be very like stagnant in, in the same areas. I'm just, to me, like I'm, I'm, I'm just impressed. Like even after that Bloomberg article, which by the way, like I don't know where they get their statistics because they don't match. Like they just don't match the truth. I don't know where they get their stats. There's a bunch of really good tools to see stats. It's a like, joke. Doing like I don't get it, bro. And they, they use even... the worst day in September versus the best day in January. Like oh. it's just terrible reporting. That's why they say it's down that much. Whereas on a on a I think we're going to come in around 500 million they don't even count of Solana, NFT sales. Like 500 million of NFT sales versus I think the peak was like 4 billion maybe in January. 4 billion, so, yeah. So it's 4 billion versus 400 million. Um, so it's down 7, like, what is that? Like that? Yeah, down nearly 80%. But, um, but like, the, the majority of that's the impact of the currency. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, th I think uh, it's just, it's it's just one of those articles. You know? It's like, why do you have, like, we understand, like, yeah, the NFT frenzy, like, the, the D-Gen casino gambling thing plummeted. Yeah, hell yeah, you know what? Like, good thing. Good. Like, it's a good thing. Like, we, we I, I like to think that we kind of think over here that's, obviously, we don't like being wrecked, uh, though we all wrecked guy. Uh-huh. See? That was not sponsored, by the way. But uh, you can send me anything to my wallet after that. But then, uh, <laughs> just kidding, I have a bag. And then, um, but then, like, the thing is, it's, it's actually, like, cleaned out a lot of the space. But in another way, like, they, first of all, they didn't count any other chains. So, yes, there are uh, NFTs on Solana doing good. Go, go, you know, go believe it. There are NFTs on Cardano, too. And there are NFTs on, like, CRO, I found out yesterday. Like, on, what is it? Um, that movement, like, a crypto.com. And there are NFTs on other chains and whatnot. But point being, like, they're discounting all things. And they're putting, again, again, they're generalizing NFTs to being one thing. And now, normies think that NFTs are just the trading part where an NFT is just a non-fungible token. Like, it's a technology. It's so crazy to me that you have Bloomberg, one of the most respectable, 
uh, media outlets when it comes to you know all things markets and whatnot not getting to the point like it's it's just at this stage you you, you got to think it's done on purpose like it's got to be done on purpose i'm not even trying to be conspiracy theorist but like you you can't believe this is true i, I don't understand where they get their stats it's insane i think it comes i think based on like our last conversation we were talking about like the transition between regular companies and web3 i think i think we're really just the obvious blind spot that all of these things have in common is that they just don't have this bridge of the gap between web three and these huge companies. The understanding is just not there. So they're like just crunching numbers that they're seeing and they're pulling data that's inaccurate. And they, what they really need is a proper advisor to bridge that gap between web three and the actual traditional markets. And until that happens, then this information is just going to be false and disseminated. And I don't know how we can correct that as an industry, but we need to get smarter, not people that are smarter than Bloomberg, but just people that are more educated in the NFT environment to cross that and be able to communicate that to the people who are spreading this information. And I don't think it's necessarily done intentionally. I don't have a tinfoil hat. I think there's just a lack of education broadly across all the markets in regards to NFTs. No, it's definitely done intentionally. It's Amy Cast. <laughs> She's been talking negative about NFTs for a long time. So it's that the person it could, that yeah, no, it it could be with them, but I think the large majority lies in with like a lack of education. When they just see 100%. Bloomberg and, and it just it's a trickle down effect. And I think that like if you can build it up from the bottom up and try to just raise that education slowly, then the the people who are spreading the most disinformation are just gonna look sillier over time. But I think it starts with just like kind of layering those advisors and getting people in the strategic places that they need to be so that all of them can be better educated about it in, in large. I mean, it's yeah, just I mean, the emerging technology has that issue. Like when you looked at the Internet when it first came out, so many people flooded the Internet. They just didn't get like email and why people need to be connected online. And then slowly over time, you know, they're like they get it. Oh, but it's just at first, you know, there's a lot of people talking heads that just don't get it. And they're the ones that are the people that are talking about it. I think I think it's a mix of what you both were saying. Like, there is definitely a lack of education out there. That's true. And we talk about that a lot. And and of course, I think it's our job to keep like educating. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely true. Uh, but I do also believe like when it's Bloomberg, like if it was some random ass blogger, like, I'd be like, all right, like whatever. It's some random ass blog. They just, they're just trying to, you know. But when you're writing on behalf of Bloomberg, I don't know. Like, there's something that just doesn't sit right. Like, you have millions of followers on Twitter, millions of listeners, viewers, readers, whatnot, and this is still the bullshit you're putting out there. Like to me, it's like, God damn. Like we're still early as long as there's these articles. But I'm seeing you unmuted. What do you think? I I, I see it too, and I. I... I ask myself the same questions. Like, I can't believe that I'm not going to, let's just say redacted company. And you saw Top Shot's model roll out, which was such a disaster. And then let's just say redacted company decided to push all of the NFT customers into a queue and have them wait another eight hours and basically mirror the same Top Shot model. And this was a company that's ingrained in Web3. And you would think that they have a strategic team and behind that to not repeat those mistakes that clearly didn't work in that top shot diluted environment. And even the base layer companies of in, in, in the Web3 industry are not taking the failures of our industry and proving them. So the education in our, <laughs> fundamentally in our industry is flawed. 
how could the information get out to Bloomberg when our like we have problems internally at large that information is just not spreading and the education is not getting raised at a level that needs to hit places like Bloomberg. Like the information is just not spreading at a fast enough pace. So then when Bloomberg puts out these articles, you're seeing the blog that get, comes from random person XYZ and it just gets spread and you're like, yeah, I don't think that's credible, but they're getting their information from Bloomberg. But then within the industry, we still have projects that are $100 million projects that are copying, copying models that have already failed. So it's like, I don't understand how all these blind spots come from different parts of the industry with the amount of money that they have. But I just, I know that the strategic placement of intelligence is not right. And that needs to be fixed somewhere along the way. Yeah. I think, I think adversely there's like, it's also good journalism. I mean, they're just like stirring the pot and getting the people moving. Definitely like, golden. Showing, yeah, showing the blood in the streets <laughs> like that, even if it's real or not. Like, that's what people want to see. NFT is like a trigger word for a lot of people in different parts of society. So seeing NFT failure, millions of dollars, like all those things is, I mean, that's that's good stuff for Bloomberg, really. Like, if you look at it from their perspective. Yeah. And it, you're right, then. It's great clickbait writing. <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely good clickbait writing here on behalf of uh, on behalf of uh, of Bloomberg uh, business. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that was the the article bit, and it was interesting to see. And Mando, going back to your main point in the titles, um, I agree with you, dude. I, I I do think like, look, we've seen like we're going sideways on 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 all fronts, right? Like the East Bitcoin price, but also NFT volumes. Like every morning, like I know we're reading the volumes. Like it's always around like if you add on marketplaces in the twenty to thirty million. Solana's between three and a half to five million. And so it's it's kind of like, you know, there, there, there's nearly like 30, 40 mil counting all, you know, those two chains uh, in, in volume on a daily basis. And that's been going on for a very, very, very long time. Like it's been a couple of months at this stage. Uh, and so it seems like we're just going sideways. Now, you know, I don't, definitely not a bull, that's for sure. But good to see, like, good to see this big art sales, you know, and like innovation. And good to see all the things we talked about yesterday about all these big market participants entering the space. Good to see, like, um, you know, this punk sale and still a couple of other punk sales, punk sale a million eighth in volume. Like it's, it's, it's great, right? There's still people out there uh, that have conviction in the space uh, and, uh, and that, and that, you know, are trying to enter it and no, like, I, I love how, like every time you, we post about a big punk sale and this, that, Oh, wash trading this, wash trading that. I can guarantee you there is no wash trading happening on that eight punk. Uh, and so it's, it's good to see that there are people that have interest in those grails and are using actually, um the um this this market in order to uh to come out and acquire them but anyways i do want to segue into our our, our next topic here we have kenobi on stage we do want to talk about metaverse miami which is going to be awesome kenobi what's up good morning gm gm Farouk, how are you what's good baby i'm great you know it as usual love the morning show it's fun and we love you guys the metaverse miami that's for sure kenobi Let's let's preface this maybe by explaining. I brought the Metaverse Miami account on stage. There you go, it's your partner. Um, and so maybe we can we can preface this. Maybe you want to explain to us like what exactly is Metaverse Miami and and, and when does it take place? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so Metaverse Miami is uh, it's a new Web three native Metaverse and NFT and art innovation conference. Uh, this the first conference is taking place November twenty eighth, twenty ninth, and the thirtieth. That's right before Art Basel in Miami. Uh, we're going to host it at the Eden Rock right there in Miami Beach. Beautiful location. That's uh, a sick location, by the way. Yeah, dude, we're so pumped. And we're they're such a good team to work with. Like we're working 
really closely with their entire events production team and their hospitality team. So we've got a really, you know, cozy connection with them. And we're going to just kind of take over Eden Rock for a few days before Art Basel. And we've tokenized the conference. So there's a couple new things that we'll get into more as we talk about how we're doing ticketing. And then we've just really focused on gathering together a fire lineup of, you know, some of the best speakers in Web3. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just trying to do things a little different. We basically built the conference that we would want to attend. Um, and we're, we're pretty So speak to me about these, these speakers, right? I know it's November 20th to 30. Every day I see a new, uh, I see a new speaker announced. I know you have the CEO of the Doodles, uh, uh, Jay Hogwin. He was on the show. We like him. I saw Mac. Uh, and I see, I know Mando and Ovi are going to be there. Hell yeah. Let's I go. I see Andrew Wang. I see, I see a bunch of speakers. So talk to me about these speakers because I personally, the reason why, like, obviously you're a friend, you're a contributor to Rug Radio, you've helped us a lot and you come on the show often, but it's beyond that, right? Like for us to be, say, okay, like we're taking a, you know, a money from our treasury to invest in, in this, to sponsor this project. It takes more than just you and I being friends. And so explain to us maybe more like, the thought process behind the speakers that you brought on, because I thought that was cool for finally like a conference that doesn't have 5,000 speakers and where half of them don't even own an NFT. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, hundred percent. So the, you know, this, the past bull run, we were, you know, doing a lot of observing and just learning and looking and, and listening really to the community. And what we were hearing is so many people saying, I don't even know who these speakers are. There's a thousand of them. They get up for 10 minutes if they even show up. And so people were finding having a hard time deriving value from the content of this of the convention itself. But people would just still go because everyone would be in the same city. So they were getting value from all the meetups and everything. And then you have all these sort of uh, various meetups by different communities and they're all at the same time. They're hard to get to. And so we just wanted to create something where you know, they're Web3 native people from across all different verticals. They're people who we've had, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversations with um, and and really gotten to know over the past year. And then we're going to bring them all under one roof, have all the talks, all the parties, everything all in one space so people aren't running all over town. And, you know, we, we just really think that when you get the right people together in a curated manner, there can be a ton of value there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm look I'm on your website, metaverse.miami. I'm seeing Keith is gonna be there. Obviously that's the homie. Avery Akineni, president of Vayner, we had her on the show. Um awesome. Nate Alex is fun. Tropo. It'll be like a fun like it's like it's like people like both like like builders and founders, but also like just people who are like really active within the space. I know Simon, he's usually on stage, he's gonna be speaking. Corey Van Lu. We obviously love Corey Van Lu here at Rug Radio. Uh, Nick and Pio, I'm excited for that, actually. Uh, it's it's going to be hella fun to see them host live. Um, yeah, that that's going to be fun. Like, yeah, and to have two different stage formats, I'm super excited about. So, like, you know, you guys, you know, Rug Radio did, is, is taking a, a lead in sponsoring our stages, and we're super, super pumped to have you guys as partners. And from the, from the jump, one of the things we wanted was, like, a panel stage and then a live casting stage. So... I'm I'm amped to hear like Nick and Pio do their morning show live from the event. I'm excited to have like um, Laura and Ellie and Tadid do their NFT Latinos Unidos show. That's and, cool. You know, yeah. So like one of I mean some of our partners beyond Rug Radio that are really we're really excited about like we've partnered with um, with the Miami Herald with Timepieces. Uh, we've partnered up with Token Proof. 
Uh, we have really, um, you know, some wonderful support from Univision, which we're really excited about. And so we're taking this, you know, it's a Web3 native event, but we're also sharing it broadly through Trad Media, which we're really excited about. Yeah, so talk to me about that. That was fun, by the way. I was like, I was, uh, I was actually, when was it? Oh, yeah, it was at dinner with Avery a couple nights ago. She was in Montreal for C2. And I was like, look, look, like we were talking about you, actually. We're talking shit. We're like, ah, Kenobi guys, we don't like you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just kidding, you know, that's not true. But then I was like, look, like we're on the Miami Herald. I thought that was fun. And dude, we're so busy. I haven't even had time to go back and look to it. So you put us in the Miami Herald, which is actually fun. And I know, uh, and, and then, which actually got someone to reach out to me saying, yo, we saw your logo on the Miami Herald. What's this event all about? Which is kind of pretty cool to see. But talk to us about these part- these these these, uh, these partnerships, right? So we're obviously going to help you all when it comes to Web3 Media. We're going to be there as, as, a, as a Web3 Media company, which is really cool and something I personally really wanted to start doing and sponsoring events. And you'll see more of Rodrigo at different events in 2023 like that. Like we'll, we'll take on stages and we'll really like bring speakers and media and do cool content there. But like, talk to me about the other partnerships. Like, you got Univision and Miami Herald. Like, this is pretty cool, dude. Like, I thought it was fun. Like, to the mix of Web two, Web three. Media. talk to me about those. Yeah, man. So, um, I'll start with Univision first. And uh, you know, the Univision is a group that has uh, a Web three, you know, a Web three cohort within within their brand and in their offices. And they, uh, you know, we've been in contact with them for a while. Um, local Miami group. And they're in the middle of a merger, so like they are um, supporting our event. But we, you know, that's a partnership that we're building this year, and we have their support. They're going to be sending, um, you know, they're going to be sending reporters and stuff to the event, uh, Spanish language coverage, and and it's just going to be really exciting to have that roll out this year, and then you know build upon that partnership for all of our future events as well. Um, and we're just we're just thrilled. I mean, they're they're a huge entity, and they're you know one of the largest global media brands in the world. Um, and then the Miami Herald was has been super supportive from the jump as well. And so you know they have a, a massive circulation in the in the Miami area and you know across the southeast. And so we um, we're looking to them to also cover the event and just get more eyes. Right. We felt one of the best ways to onboard instead of having like an entry level conference is to create a conference with like the the builders in the space who are really pushing the boundaries of innovation and entice people who maybe don't even have a MetaMask yet to want to attend, realize that they need to mint one of our passes and then have that be the way that they get onboarded. So, you know, that's the strategy. That's that's super interesting. So talk to me a bit about the event. Like obviously that's around Art Basel. I'm already seeing a lot of tweets say, "Yo, who's going to be at Art Basel and whatnot?" You know how it is for the events. Obviously, sure. like I, th- I think everyone's going to usually Art Basel is an event where a lot of people go. Last year, I think it was the first year that they sort of slowly integrated like the official Basel fair, like integrated crypto and NFTs, and it was fun. Like we all went. I had a blast. It, it was great. Uh, a bunch of different projects had a bunch of different cool stuff going on, kind of NFT NYC style. Um, and so it's really cool. It's happening 28th to 30th of November. What are some other things that, that, that are going to, you know, go down? Like talk to me about the event in general. Like, of course, like aside from like the speaking, I know there's two stages. One's digital. So it's going to be tapped into spaces, if I'm not mistaken. And the other one's physical, just like in person, IRL, you listen to the speeches and whatnot. But like talk to me a bit more about Metaverse Miami, like in terms of the event, like what do you guys got plans? Yeah. So, so we've got, you know, the two stages, like you said. 
Uh, we're going to have like an immersive, uh, like 1100 square foot NFT gallery space. We're going to be highlighting a lot of artists and art, um, both from across Web3 globally and also um, giving some special attention to local Miami based artists as well. Um, we're going to have, you know, we're talking with some companies to maybe even host some like live gaming tournaments, some, some of the Web3 native games. And have you know we have a really wonderful gaming vertical of speakers, and we've got some some groups wanting to do that. Um, and then we're going to have a number of parties too. So like the twenty eighth is kind of the like check in, get situated, the the first day, and we're going to have a welcome party that'll be open to all token holders. Um, and that's going to be uh, right now. It's co sponsored by some of our friends over at Atlas. Um, and shout out to some of the folks in the state in the audience. Um, and that's going to be a really fun party. And then the second night, we're going to have a VIP party, which is for our VIP holders and our speakers. And that's a, a slightly more like a ex more exclusive party um, performances, networking, the whole jam. And then um, the last day will be, you know, the same content. We're going to have programming throughout, you know, on the whole property uh, throughout the day. And then we'll all sort of transition out. We'll wind it down. We're looking at hosting a, a closeout party as well. And then we're all going to just vibe during Art Basel and run all over town again. Hell yeah, that's dope. Uh, and so talk to me about uh, so how it works, right? Because obviously you've gone uh, full web three with that. And by the way, I, I stand corrected. Last year was not the first year crypto and NFTs with Art Basel. There you go. <laughs> Uh, but which is great. But this is why I love live social audio. There's always someone to say, "Oh, this is it. This is that." Right? And so we yep. interact and we adapt and change quick. And so um, Metaverse Miami. So there's a mint. Uh, yep. There's through NFTs. Um, and so and and we'll be minting a couple as well. Or that you know I'm, I'm gonna give away to, to a couple of our holders. Uh, and we're, I'm gonna run a giveaway after this. But you know, I just didn't want to ruin the flow that we got going on right now. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so talk to me about the process, right? Like again, like why. I supported you since like you came up to me with this idea it was a few months ago, right? Um, and it was because you're doing it really in a way where there's going to be kind of value added to NFTs eternally as long as you guys make get make, get these events uh, going, right? So talk to me about the mint process, what's going on, prices, why certain price, and what happens for the years to come with the NFT. Yeah, awesome. So the mint is is currently open. It's 0.3 ETH. And it is our Genesis Pass token. And the thing that's different is oftentimes there's these, co these conferences and you can spend anywhere from $500 to $5,000 for VIP tickets for one year. And that always felt really extractive to us. And so what we wanted to do was kind of flip it on its head, create a limited supply token that was perpetual and rentable and something that gets you into all of our events each year. So our Genesis Pass, these are the only tickets we're ever gonna sell. And 0.3 ETH is where we landed to create a slow organic mint to build a, a strong foundation of support that would get us through the next 10 plus years, right? And so um, I know like in the beginning during like mint season where everything is just like a PFP project that's flying at 0.08 or you know 0.11 or whatever, um, 0.3 seems like a different price point, but when you look at that being like 400 something bucks right now, uh, to get you into our events in perpetuity, like that's where we had to land with all of our analysis to, to make this work out right and, and, and be sustainable. Um, but yeah, the mint is, it's two per wallet max. And, and the idea being is you, if you hold a Genesis pass NFT, 
you're set. And then any year that you can't attend or any of our collab events, because it's not just going to be one event per year, but we're going to scale this. Um, any of our collab events and you can't attend, you can stake your Genesis pass into the rental pool and someone else can rent it from you because we're only going to ever have 3,600, right? And there's only ever going to be 600 VIP passes, which are randomized into the mint too. So um, I, sh I should mention those VIPs too. Like to get into that VIP party, you need a VIP pass. Those get you a plus one into the event at the VIP level. They get you into the VIP party and there's going to be a special VIP lounge as well. So um, there's like a one in six chance of minting a VIP for 0.3 ETH right now. Okay, so you can mint, you mint them for 0.3 ETH, gets you all access to the event um, for the years to come, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, I know, you know, obviously Gary with Vcon is doing something quite similar uh, where, you know, it's a it's a ticket for three years and that was cool. Uh, and then you actually it was fun because then he prompt he said he's gonna do some sort of airdrop and whatnot. I really like the concept of it uh, because obviously like one of the best use cases for NFTs in my opinion, and I think a lot of people share that opinion is around ticketing, right? Uh, which is really cool, and you're able to you know transfer that ticket and whatnot. What happens if? So that's another thing around transfer because I know you talked to me about that. Yep. I buy a ticket, but I can't make it. Yeah. What happens then? Well, it depends. It's up to you as the token holder. You can, I mean, you could, if you have a friend who's like a homie, you can just send them the ticket. They can use it. Or you can just stake it into the rental pool and it'll be open market. Like you, you can set whatever rental price you want. And let's say, you know, for that year, all the tokens are sold out. The only way to get a ticket, like let's say 2023 Metaverse Miami, all the tokens are sold out. The only way to access that event is to hold one. So you're either going to have to buy it on secondary or rent one that's been staked, right? So that's that's the mechanic moving forward. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like the rental pool idea. I mean, you know, you never know. Sometimes uh, someone maybe can't make it or, you know, uh, yeah. cancel for last last minute and you can just rent out your ticket and then get it back. So, you know, if you're interested in going to Manaverse Miami, it's going to be fun. If you're, if you're thinking about going to Art Basel, uh, definitely somewhere you want to go to because the speakers are great. Like I, I am excited to speak again. It's been a while. It was like conference season the first six months of the year. And now it's like all summer was like, just like, you know, we spoke a lot on here, but there's something about live events, right? There's something about uh, being present um, with everybody else, which is, uh, which I find, uh, which I find really, really cool. And so I'm excited. I mean, you have people like Goku, like Keegan, Jonah on gaming, uh, you have a lot of great people coming, man. Like people should definitely go check it out, Metaverse Miami, because um, there's a lot of cool stuff. Spotty's coming; that'll be funny. Uh, that guy's yeah, funny. It's, it's gonna be so much fun. Um, Leah and... is hilarious. Oh great. yeah, I love Leah so much. Um, <laughs> I mean, Lindsey Burns. Uh, Lindsey Burns, you know, is gonna be there. Uh, Willie from Happy Goat. We got you know Brittany Redacted Pride, Jeff Nichols. We got the CEO of Jod who's gonna be there. Like it's. It's a really carefully curated group of folks um, because we, you know, our background, you know, in event planning, but also as professionals attending professional conferences, like we wanted something that everyone would really want to listen to. Half of this speaker list came, honestly, as recommendations from other speakers because we didn't want to presume that we knew exactly who all the best and brightest were. And so when we sat down, like when I was having a conversation with, you know, Simon or with VGF, I was asking them like, hey man, who do you want to hear from? Who are the people that you want to actually go sit and listen to as they talk about NFTs and blockchain tech? And so I think that approach 
you know, it's very labor intensive. I've had, I, I've lost track, you know, of notebooks worth of notes and all the meetings that we've had um, talking to and meeting with speakers. But I think it's really going to create an amazing uh, high value vibe. Yeah, no, I agree with you. A lot of great people. I mean, you even have Shanice in there. Like, she's always out here, you know, hosting spaces. Like, it's like you've picked, like, the perfect, like, mix-up within, like, people building, like, dope shit in the space. And, like, just even, like, just, like, media personalities in the space that are hosting, that are present. That are just, like, you know, oh, you have Smeru, like, see off to Sarah. We have Bordy Elon Musk. Like, look, like, there's a really cool lineup of um, of speakers. Uh, oh, BT's coming. That's dope. Sorry, everyone. I'm reading the website at the same time as I'm going through. Oh, Carlo! Our, you know, Defy Defense Law. He hosts the law line on Rug Radio. You know, like, dude, like, this is awesome. Um, I'm really excited uh, for uh, for Metaverse Miami uh, and for and for Becky's coming. That's dope, fellow Canadian. Uh, anyways, I got to stop going through this website. <laughs> no, because it's cool. Like, honestly, like, because yeah. other, I swear to God, like, I personally, like, for me, I, when when I get asked to speak at a conference, like, I usually go through the, to the speaker list, list and then I decide. Because yeah. I go through the speaker list and I'm like, well, you know, it seems like a lot of people there, like, they just picked them, I don't know, for what reason. And then you're like, well, do you want to be on that stage, right? But then you look at this stage and, like, well, those are people I speak to, like, almost every day on Twitter. And that they've been here for, for a minute. And also people who run quite big companies. Like, you have Elad represent Yuga Labs. You know, you have Keith Time and Avery from Vayner and Julian from, from the Sea of the Doodles and whatnot. So... It's good to see. Um, I'm really excited about this. We're going to run a giveaway. Uh, Genesis Pass uh, for a giveaway. Uh, I'll, I'll post it up and we'll share it across all our platforms uh, for if, if you want to win a ticket for that. But also, if you're a Rug Radio holder, um, you know, we're going to be buying a few tickets and, and, and you know, renting them out to, to our holders for them to be able to go. It'll be fun. Uh, Kenobi, go ahead. I was just going to say that's what you just said is one of the, I think, coolest and most powerful things about the way we've set up the ticketing is, you know, you mentioned um, you mentioned Gary and what they did with VCon, which was, you know, a really cool and I, something that we fully support and love. Um, but he did it like where he had the V friends and then airdropped a token, right, where we're actually the building a event platform around it. Uh, to begin with. And so one of the things that's really powerful is when Web3 companies or even Web2 companies that are trying to learn and get in, we've had a number of businesses say, okay, this is cool. We're going to buy three or five of these for our business so that we can always send someone. And, you know, they're used to, as a business, they're used to paying, you know, $1,500, $2,000 per conference ticket to send people to go get continuing education. So, I think, you know, once once word gets out, you know, these are going to really um, they're really going to fly, I think. Yeah, this is this is really fun. So, guys, if you're interested in the in, in you know, coming to Metaverse Miami, just go to Metaverse.Miami and uh, thoughts to the people of Miami and Florida. I mean, I know there's a, there's a bad hurricane going through right now, so mm-hmm. definitely stay safe out there. Fuck like it's uh, those things are scary. And, uh, yeah, and so, yeah. My co-founder who lives in West Florida is on the Metaverse Miami account and he's, he's texting me in the back channel. He's like, it's really windy here. So the, yeah, I, I even tried to bring him me. up a couple of times. It was rugging. I know you're yeah. here. I, I hope you're, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just, just stay safe out there. Uh, but you know, Art Basel, uh, you know, the first week of December Metaverse Miami on the 20th to 30th of November, 
at the Eden Rock, which is actually a fire hotel I've, I've been wanting to go to for a minute. And when you told me there's a swap from like that Hard Rock in the summer to Metaverse Miami being like right, right the three days before Art Basel, you know, you saw my reaction. I was like, you're a genius because that's exactly what you should have been doing. And this yeah. is what, exactly what you're doing. So I think it's great. It's going to be a lot of fun. South Beach is fire. And I can't wait to see y'all. And it's really a pleasure for us, uh, you know, on behalf of Rug Radio. Uh, to be able to uh, to sponsor that and you know it'll be exciting for us you know we're going to be creating a lot of content uh, uh, on foot we're going to have creators running around asking people questions we're going to have us you know NFTs show is going to be uh, is going to be hosting there with with OSF and Mando and myself so it's be a lot of fun we love doing it live we had a lot of fun in NFT NYC and and yeah we can't wait it'll be a lot of fun and uh, and you know Kenobi's going to come back closer to we're going to come back on 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 the jam nft show and, and we're going to talk about it more and more as we get closer but yeah i can't wait it's going to be hella fun and with that well the montreal church bells are ringing wait where's my window oh here it is as you can hear as usual they're ringing and that is god's way of telling me throw get off the phone and go to work and- <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that if you want to do the, the genesis pass giveaway for Oak, if you just if folks want to retweet the the tweet that i pinned at the top it's the meta we can do that or if you want i'll make a whole standalone tweet oh yeah you. okay i'm sure you like that better but <laughs> yeah yeah do it, do no, it, do but- it. yeah let's do that let's do that let me make a let me make a proper we'll do it with rug radio that way let me do a nice thing you me and jc will reconnect in the back We'll do a proper giveaway and we'll give one away this month and maybe we give one away next month. Maybe even another one the month after as we get closer to, to Metaverse Miami. Super, super excited uh, for this. And again, great show today and we'll see you all tomorrow morning. Uh, but first, first of all, big thank you, <laughs> OSF, Mando, my co-host as usual, 5511, Kenobi, uh, Burr, and everybody who came up on stage to chat with us this morning. Golden is going to post a thread as usual in the next couple of minutes and then go ahead and upload uh, the show across all uh, audio platforms. You can definitely check us out on Apple, Spotify, and whatnot. Remember to rate us five stars, fam. You know what to do. And I'll see y'all tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think I'm hosting three spaces. It's going to be pretty a pretty busy day. Uh, but uh, we'll see y'all tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Gem NFTs on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day.